Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Security Insider podcast. Today, we are talking about women in security, and our guest is Jackie Listow, who is a cybersecurity expert who has spent a couple of decades working in cybersecurity with some of the biggest names around Australia in fairly senior positions, in addition to being the founder of the Australian Women in Security Network. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Jackie, I suppose the the first question I, I would put to you is, you know, in producing this podcast or putting together this podcast, I had to think long and hard about, you know, why women in security? Because in this day and age of sort of, you know, supposedly aiming towards a gender neutral society, why is it that we're still making a song and dance about women? And, you know, that probably feeds into how the Women in Security Network came about. So it came about after I returned back from overseas 14 years over in Europe and I came back and, and started to work in security, went to a few conferences, um, started to work here, and I was wondering why there weren't more women working in security. Um, security is such an amazing area to be working in. I just didn't really understand it. So I started to connect with some other women in security in Melbourne and also in other states. I we came together just to you know have a chat and to, to kind of you know connect with each other and try to really work out what was going on. Um, and so then we started to create a, a, a LinkedIn group, um, thinking, okay, there must be other women out there, and how great it would be if we could connect to each other and to really you know build a, a really great network of women that are working in security. And as we started to create this group, we realised that there were um, quite a, there was a lot more women in the, out there that we, we realised. And we said, okay, well, it would be really great if we did some you know local um, networking events where people could meet face to face, connect with each other, talk about you know security, um, because we all have common interests in the area, and then try to work out if there's ways that we can increase the number of women that are in security. So we started off with having some local events in Canberra and Melbourne. That quick and um, yeah, Canberra and Melbourne and Sydney. And that quickly grew also to expand into Brisbane, Adelaide and um, Perth. So what we do is like connect through doing local events, but obviously during COVID-19, we're now doing more kind of virtual events. And what we do is we um, try to raise more awareness of the people that are working in security to show that you know there are women out there as role models that are doing really great stuff and to really showcase that, um, to try and encourage um, more women to, to get into security. So our kind of objectives are to, you know, connect women that are in security. We're trying to support women that are in security as well and also to inspire women that are um, to try and join um, and pursue a career in security. So... Obviously, the the found, you know, women in security network was d- established initially, according to what I'm understanding of your saying, to sort of you know help uh, women get into the industry and sort of achieve a network within the industry, which would indicate that you feel that there is a, a gender imbalance in the industry, and I think that's fairly self evident. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Um, why do you believe there is a gender imbalance in the industry? Is it because you know where we just don't see the level of interest in security from women? Is it because a lot of corporations don't think perhaps that there are as many qualified female candidates? What's, what do you put that gender imbalance down to? So it is 
a lot of the things that you just mentioned. Um, and I'd, I'd like to also mention that a lot of um, that is not just restricted to women in security, but it's also women in tech and other areas where, um, you know, uh, women are the minority. But I really do think that it is from a, a young age, you know, that whole perception of, you know, what jobs in tech, what jobs in security is like. And, you know, there's that kind of peer pressure of, you know, when you're making those career decisions of, you know, what you want to be. So, you know, when we're growing up, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on uh, you should be a doctor, you should be um, a lawyer. Um, they're the kind of jobs that, you know, people are saying you, you need to pursue rather than, okay, it would be really great to be in tech or um, security. And I think that's also because, you know, the way that you're raised, the way that your parents you know, the roles, the, the jobs that they uh, know about come from, you know, that kind of traditional type of, of role. And so when it comes to people choosing those kind of careers, um, they're not looking towards these technology or security type roles. So, you know, convincing somebody at high school to pursue something in, in university, um, that is, is not quite there. And when it comes to being in university itself, um, there's that problem also in university where, you know, they are, you look around yourself and, and in in a lot of those IT type roles, um, you may get 50-50 starting out um, and then that kind of drops off over time. Yeah. And when I was at university, that, that happened as well. Like I started, there was 50-50 in the room uh, and by the end, there was only a handful of women there and I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, and even when I go back to universities um, to do career talks, I speak to you know girls there, and they just go, "I'm being questioned by my fellow students what I'm doing here in technology because I'm a girl," and that kind of stereotype is still unfortunately there, which is really frustrating, obviously, because it's like in this day and age, you think that everyone realizes that um, you know anyone can do technology, anyone can do any kind of role, um, and you sh- it should be really up to that individual um, based on their interests and, and competencies. And, and touching on that kind of early career, which you just mentioned before, it's also about, you know, women not maybe um, putting themselves forward for those roles. You know, that sometimes that confidence isn't there. If you don't see other women that are up in those senior roles, it makes it really hard for you to think, okay, I can actually do this. If those role models aren't there, you can't aspire to actually be there. And that perception that it's still kind of technical um, and for geeks doesn't doesn't help that as well. Yeah, so does it-, it seems to be an interesting sort of paradigm shift that, that's going on because even in schools, as you alluded to, if you look at the, the statistics around things like science, technology, engineering and maths, the, there's a real problem in schools getting girls into those subjects as opposed to boys. Boys tend to naturally sort of gravitate towards them or get pushed into them by their parents. Whereas a lot of young girls, from what we're seeing in the research being done around education, even if they have a leaning towards one of those areas, depending on you know a range of factors that can be either cultural or you know background or whatever it may be, Parents are often saying to young girls, you know, what, what, why are you going into science or why are you going into maths or why are you going into technology? That's not really a very female sort of thing. So I think we need to really try and change that perception from, you know, the older generation's point of view and get more girls into those streams. 100%, exactly. And um, once, the, um, you know, those that 
you know, the parents understand that this is a really great area. Um, tech, being in, in a job in technology is where the future is. Like everything is running on technology. It really is a great and um, challenging and um, ever-growing um, area. Um, and until schools um, and career advisors and everyone that's influencing students on what their career decisions are, uh, understand what these roles are, um, then it makes it pretty tough. And I spoke to a school the other day, a high school, and they said, look, we had to um, can the whole um, IT subject because we had only a handful of, of girls that were interested in doing the subject, so we didn't run it. Yeah. And that's really disappointing. When I hear those stories, I go, oh, my goodness, that's, I can't believe we're here at this time. Yeah. Yep. So that then puts us in an interesting conundrum uh, from the point of view of senior leaders within the security industry, because if I am uh, the either the CEO of a company or the senior manager within the security department of a company, and I'm looking at qualified candidates that I want to bring into my department or my company, and I have eight male candidates versus one female candidate... You know, it, it's a probability thing, surely, that, you know, there's going to be more qualified male candidates than there are female candidates. So then how do we get around that? You know, that brings us into this whole argument versus quotas versus quality. Yes, that's right. And um, a lot of the time when we have, you know, all of the, the pipe, if the pipeline's not there, then it makes the pool of candidates for the senior managers um, to choose from a lot smaller, as you said. And even though a senior manager might want to encourage more um, women into their team, if the numbers aren't there, you can't pull them from thin air, obviously. So they need to be looking for people that are maybe in other areas where they can actually retrain them because, you know, the, the mindset and some of the skills can come from other areas. And this is not just for women coming in. It's in general, like, um, coming into security, you know, there are some very complementary type uh, jobs that are out there that you can transition over. And we need to be starting to encourage, you know, more um, women into these types of, of retraining type programs, I think. Mm. Um, and that can then really help that and to help build that culture of, okay, um, encouraging more, you know, women and that diverse um, thinking um, and doing that through. Um, you know, that, that would then help the culture change as well. Because once you have a lot more up there, um, people can aspire to be it, and it just it's a snowball effect after that. Yeah, well, it's kind of chicken or the egg catch-22 <laughs> logic, isn't it? Because we get this argument, and it's occurred now in police, it's occurred in military, we've had it across the board with a couple of things where people have said, look, we need to put in place quotas um, because we need to get more diversity into some of these roles, whether it be political parties or whatever. And then you get the other side of that argument where people are saying, no, it shouldn't be about quotas, it should be about the best person for the job. Um, and I understand both sides of that, but the reality is in order to get the most experienced people 20 years down the track, you need to have quotas for a period of time first, one would think, so that you can push through people, get them into senior roles, get them to be qualified, so there's an equal number of qualified and capable female and male candidates. Is Do you believe that that's the case? or Quotas is always a really tricky um, subject. Yeah. Um, so, yes and no. So, I, I switch on this one all the time. Like quotas, I think, is 
is hard when you're in the moment. So from now, it's hard for me to say yes to it. But I know that quotas is a really great thing for the women in the future. So if we were to, you know, a small little, not sacrifice, but it kind of is a sacrifice in a way that we kind of, you know, um, do these further quotas, um, then further down the line, this will not even be a subject. Uh, we won't be talking about, you know, why are there no more, not more women in tech or in security. Mm. Um, the problem that I have with quotas is that for the women that are here now, it can be really difficult for them when they're in the role because a lot of people will go, well, you got the job not because you're qualified, but because of a quota. And that can be really hard. Like you already have a lot of stress being that senior manager in that role, trying to prove yourself in a new role in general for anybody that's hard. Um, plus, if you have that already, um, people have that perception that you only got it because you were female, it makes it really tough for that person um, to prove themselves and that extra strain can be can be hard. Um, so I, don't, I didn't answer your question exactly, <laughs> but I'm showing you the two um, positives and negatives for, you know, for quotas. Yeah, and look, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. I think it is a very complex solution or a very complex problem that requires an equally complex solution. And you you certainly wouldn't want to try and impose quotas on a role that's a a highly critical role that has serious consequences if something goes wrong. But there's got to be a balance there somewhere because it's, you know, everyone remembers as a kid going for those job interviews where they're sort of saying, you know, uh, must have five years experience and it's like but if no one's prepared to give me a job how am I going to get five years experience uh, and it's yeah. it, it seems we're almost facing a similar sort of thing here is there in your experience is there a reluctance amongst senior managers within security organizations and other organizations to hire women and if so why or is it just that there's simply not enough around so I feel that the conversation is changing a lot. Uh, earlier days, it was about trying to convince people that diversity was a good thing and they should be looking at it. Now I'm really happy that a lot of the conversations I'm having is I really want women in my team, but I just don't have the candidates. Where can I get them from? And they're the right conversation. You know, that's, that's great that they're having those, those kind of discussions. Um, so. I think we're going in the in the right direction um, with that, um, and um, I think that it's it's important that we continue down this road because um, change in that direction is is going to be positive. Um, and the more leaders that are trying to to push for that, um, the better it, it's going to be. Yeah, and I think look, traditionally it has been an extremely male dominated environment, just because. We have seen a lot of the senior leaders within the security industry coming out of other male-dominated industries like policing, like military uh, and other government agencies and so on. So it definitely is something that's clearly going to take some time. The question is whether or not we're actually moving in the right direction and are we doing so fast enough? And it sounds from what you've said that there is definitely an appetite in the industry to move towards a more gender-balanced industry. It's just a matter of how do we attract women into security? And that that would be my next question. What sorts of things do you think as an industry we can do to make it more appealing? So there's a few things. Um, going back to the whole, you know, starting from young, 
Like we need to hit them at the well to try and influence them when they're at a younger age. So early high school is is probably the best time because that's when they're starting to choose, you know, the subjects and things that they're interested in to show them that, you know, these types of roles exist. Um, this is what um, a real a great role in technology or security would would look like to show them that you can be um, anybody um, in security because it's such a broad range of different roles in security as well as it is. And um, the other thing is, you know, to try and break that stereotype as well, I think is is really important. And when it comes to, you know, university, making sure that they know that, you know, there is support out there for them, connecting those university students with other women that are in the same type of area is really good as well. And when it comes to women in security now, it's about connecting and supporting them, finding really great mentors so they can then, you know, look at, okay, where I can go next. Where can I transition to if, you know, this particular area of security isn't great? How do we keep them in security but maybe transition to something else that might be more suitable for their their work lifestyle um, or their competencies or their interests? And also it's about, you know, kind of like that awareness. So in showing that there are inspirational role models that are out there and you can be somebody that succeeded in insecurity or somebody that is a senior manager or somebody that has um, reached technical greatness as well um, in this, this, this really interesting um, field. Yeah. Do you think the industry has a perception issue? I mean, if someone were to say to you, you know, uh, my daughter's interested in being, you know, working in security, I, I assume most people would recoil at that because they have this narrow field of view of security as being bounces on doors at nightclubs, the, not understanding the full depth and breadth of what the word and the industry security fully entails. Do you think there's a perception issue? That's so funny how you mentioned that because when I, my early days, whenever I said that I worked in security, they went, you look a bit small and, and not very muscular <laughs> to be in security. Yeah. And then when it evolved, it was like, oh, do you look after antivirus and firewalls? That was it. Yep. Um, nowadays, a lot of the university students will come to me and say, okay, so, you know, I can be a pen tester. Is that, is that it? And Or a hacker? And they, they don't know that it's a lot broader than that. There's a lot more different roles out there. So I think... Um, yeah, it's it's a perception thing. They don't, they just don't know. Um, you don't know what you you can't see. You don't know what you you haven't experienced or heard about. Mm. And I guess that means that there's a bigger job at hand here for the industry in general. Because I would hazard a guess and say, whilst this is an industry that's specifically focused on male candidates in the past, this problem that we're facing now of getting women into security can actually be broadened out to getting people into security in general because how many kids, male or female, genuinely at high school age when they're starting to consider university courses and career options actually think of security, in air quotes, as a, a career prospect? You know, we probably need to be doing a lot more as an industry to broaden people's understanding of this industry is about much more than just standing on the door at a nightclub or walking around in a uniform, kicking warehouse doors. I mean, they're both very important roles and they're both good roles, but that's certainly not what the industry is about. 100%, yes. It's for males and females in different cultures, 
definitely. We And we need that broad range. If you think about the population, we are diverse. And so when it comes to working in security, we need people that are thinking the same way as society. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, yes, it, it's males and females that need to realise that this is a potential career option. Just like you could be a doctor or a lawyer and all those traditional roles, technology, a role, a a job in technology and security is um, is very interesting and, and um, worthwhile exploring. Yep. So tell me a little bit about the Australian Women in Security Network. Give me a, a snapshot of the, the kinds of members that you have. Are they all predominantly from a, an IT background or have you got a huge spread of physical and IT? What sort of age ranges? What does this network look like? So we have a very wide range of different um, members, that's for sure. Uh, we have people that are, and, and we don't discriminate against anyone in terms of what kind of area they're in security. So we have people that are in protective security, business continuity, um, fraud, uh, cyber security, obviously, um, and also in terms of the different ranges of age groups. So we have people that ha- are in university, people that are thinking about getting into security. They might be, in, for example, we've had quite a few nurses that are wanting to transition into security. We have people that are senior managers that really want to help um, bring up a lot of um, women um, in security as well and lift somebody up and be a mentor. Mm. And, uh, you know, our cadet program is probably one of our, you know, um, most successful programs where we're trying to support women that are in security for three years or less. So they could be in university or they could be transitioning from somewhere else. Okay. Does it disappoint you that we're still even having this conversation about women? I mean, to me, it's kind of, I, I understand it's a reality of the world, but it's kind of like saying, do I hire a blonde or a brune, a, a blonde male or a brunette male? It's like, well, that's just ridiculous. It's a stupid question. Why would you even ask that? I mean, do you think we're, we're sort of heading there fast enough? So yes and no. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of companies out there, sure, and people that have that old way of thinking. But as I've mentioned before, I think that we are moving in the right direction. The conversations are happening now. Um, senior managers are really wanting to change culture, and you know we can't change things overnight. That's just not possible. You know that unconscious bias is embedded in us from a very young age, unfortunately, with everything that's around us, you know, the media and, you know, just the toys that we play with and, you know, things that we hear about at school and what we talk about with, you know, our friends and watch on TV. So that perception and can't really, you know, that stereotype can't change overnight. But Mm. the fact that things are moving that direction, people are more conscious of that, you know, things are changing. I've already seen at a young age, books are changing. Um, People are having those right discussions at the senior level, so I think it's it's. I, I feel positive that it's moving in in the right direction. It is a little bit frustrating that we're having it now, but the fact that it's changing um, makes me very hopeful for the future. Yeah, well, it is really a societal discussion, isn't it? Because how many people listening to this, if they were going to be honest with themselves? Uh, would actually go out and buy, you know, a toy police badge, handcuffs, and toy gun for their friend's four-year-old daughter. I mean, it's just, it's it's not yet really the way that we think. There are plenty of people out there who would, and it definitely is changing, just like there are people out there who would buy toy trucks for their friend's daughters or 
buy toy ponies for their friend's son. I mean, really, there is no right or wrong here. It's whatever you want it to be, but it's definitely a process of change. If, pe- if people want to get in contact with the Australian Women in Security Network, how do they do it? So we have a website. It's uh, www.awsm.org.au. So you can have a look at our website and there you will see information about all the different missionaries that we have and you can get in contact with us as well. Fantastic. Well, Jackie, I am hoping that 10 years from now, someone's going to laugh at me and say, remember when you did that ridiculous podcast about women in security like it was a thing? Um, But until we get there, uh, keep going, keep pushing, and, and congratulations on the fantastic work. Thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there are plenty more like this one in the ASIAL Security Insider series. You can find them on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Blurberry, uh, the Google Play Store, and all the other great places that you can find amazing podcasts. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Have a great day.